Voice of America, Washington, D.C., signing on. Welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org, and hosted by me, NC Scout, the best-selling author of The Gorilla's Guide to the Baofeng Radio. We're going to be sitting down with Kay from Combat Studies Group today. We're going to be talking about the situation on the border, how he sees everything playing out with Mexico, the cartels, the low-intensity conflict that seems to be brewing uh, before our very eyes and right there at our back door. We're also going to be talking about the FTX scandal, cryptocurrencies, central bank digital currencies, and what that means for personal freedom. Finally, we're going to be talking about his excellent course series, the Ground Rod courses, and what we have coming up on the calendar for you here at the Gorilla Camp. Quick shout out to the show sponsors, Jack Lawson's Civil Defense Manual, which can be found at civildefensemanual.com. Blacksmith Publishing, The Warriors, Bookstore with such incredible books as the U.S. Army Special Forces, Small Unit Tactics Handbook, and Iron Sharpening Iron, one of my favorite books that is out there. And of course, the Tactical Wisdom Series, my very close friend, partner on uh, Council of Future Conflict, the Privy Council, and of course, uh, also a regular guest on this podcast and on Sons of Liberty. And you can get his books over on Amazon as well as tacticalwisdom.com. Anyhow, with that said, here's the interview with me and Kay. Stay tuned. And we are sitting here with Kay from Combat Studies Group, combatstudiesgroup.blogspot.com. A guy who has an extensive background working in tradecraft, uh, GA work overseas, he's got a lot of operational deployments, and he is best known for his Ground Rod series, which is really incredible course. We're going to be having Ground Rod 1 and 2 here in North Carolina at my place, and it's my understanding that Ground Rod 3 is going to be held in North Carolina as well, down in, down in uh, the Pineland region. Uh, so a lot of opportunities to train with Kay, but with that said, welcome, brother. Thanks for having me, as always. As always, always a blessed day 
to be able to get you on the horn. And uh, we it feels like we've been trying to do this podcast for a few weeks now, like trying to hit a bullet with a bullet, man. Yeah, well, you know, you had the, the perfect storm of the holidays and uh, <laughs> yeah, a, a kind of vicious news cycle and actual physical storms. So. Yeah. Yeah. Flu, uh, the, the flu bug or whatever, whatever other genetically engineered virus that they're poisoning us with now, um, you know, that we, we have to be afraid of. And of course... Mm-hmm. It, Apparently, there's a new one that has come out of China now, uh, a new a new variant. Uh, so an, another virus to which I'm sure they have the cure, uh, the off switch. But anyway, my tinfoil hat's a little too tight for <coughs> right now. You know, want to talk today about lines and. You know, of course, we have a situation that is unfolding down in Brazil. They're kind of having their own January 6th down there right now. This is something that that uh, several folks in the alternative media, myself included, have been predicting being in contact with some folks down there. Um, that is currently unfolding situation, and, and we're going to kind of be monitoring that as as it goes, as it goes into the night, of course. Um, you know, the stemming from the election, the, the installation of Lula as the president of Brazil. He, of course, is in bed with communist Chinese. There are World Economic Forum ties as well. And uh, the Brazilian people are having none of it. So um, really what's more important in the minds of a lot of folks is the brewing chaos that is happening right on our border between the Sinaloa cartel and the Mexican government. And this doesn't really look like it's going to go away anytime soon. And and it's getting serious. Brother, what, what is your take on all this? And what is it that, that Americans need to be looking for? Well, I'll tell you the, uh, Everything that's been happening lately, it, 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 it reads like a script from a, you know, a Hollywood drama. Um, you just wake up some mornings and, and find it hard to digest it. Uh, this stuff's really going on. Um, and with regard to, you know, what's going on south of us, it's, I wouldn't even say it's new. I mean, this has been going on for quite a while. Um, the you know the cartels being essentially in a state of war with uh, the national government in Mexico as well as the, the regional governments, sometimes even displacing regional governments, just wiping out everyone in a position of authority, and uh, you know taking over um, an entire area. So you know this recent bout that that kind of made the news cycle revolved around. Uh, El Chapo's son, so you know they deem it more newsworthy because it's you know he's a bit of a celebrity, I guess you could say. <clears throat> um, you know, I I don't see an end to this. Uh, it's certainly not a positive one because I mean I I have friends in Border Patrol. I've got family members in Border Patrol, um, and the stuff I hear 
you know, from the guys on the ground is even more bleak than, you know, what makes it into the contemporary news cycle. Um, it's not just Mexicans. It's uh, the entirety of Central and South America and now a lot of Africans, a lot of Middle Easterners, uh, Ukrainians, um, you name it. I mean, the word is out that there's basically no checks at our border and they're just flowing in from everywhere. Um, you know, and then you kind of overlay that with what's going on at a strategic level in CONUS with our power grid, for example, you know, some of the stuff that was happening in your neighborhood. Um, yeah. And, you know, whether this be uh, homegrown leftist action or uh, foreign intervention, uh, I don't know. Uh, probably a little bit of both, uh, but I would expect that to escalate. And the fact that we are now engaging in clandestine shenanigans inside of uh, Russia, you know, we've made it real easy for them to do the same thing to us. And, you know, Russia is very much a tit for tat country. They're, you know, if, if we're going to poke them in the eye, they're going to poke us right back in the eye. Um, so I, you know, I see a lot more disruption coming. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but 2023 is, is going to be an uncomfortable year for a lot of reasons, which, you know, not really a profound statement. I think that's pretty obvious to most people, but, um, I, you know, kind of an interesting side note, I, speaking of, of Mexico and this other border, I, I was offered a gig, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, you know, more than 10 years ago, 12 years ago, something like that, um, basically taking training teams, um, former soft guys, and going around and training some of the, uh, the counter-terrorist units in Mexico. Um, and I declined it for one major reason. They, we couldn't get weapon permissions as far as carrying. Um, and at the time, I was still working overseas. So I viewed working in Mexico as being far more hazardous than being in Afghanistan or Iraq or Yemen or any of those places. Just to kind of put this guy's perspective on it. That's how bad I see it down there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know. I agree a hundred percent, man. It's that's especially especially northern Mexico, where the bulk of the, the cartel activity, the real cartel activity, you know, Norteño, Sinaloa, um, that's that is no place you want to be, especially unarmed. Well, yeah, and especially uh, if, like me, you you stand out. You you don't meet the criteria for baseline, you know. Um, you know, without a Hollywood makeup gig or something, you know, I'm I'm a white boy, and I'm just going to stand out. Um, and that's just one little facet of it. I mean, they're they're happily killing each other, so. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, in Mexico, the touristy areas are are what they are. And, you know, it, it's kind of an unwritten rule that you don't wander too far out of those. You know, Cancun and, and Cabo and, um, you know, you, 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 they, they, they cater to that. And what a lot of people don't understand is, is that there is protections in place of those places. And even that's changing. I mean, even that's changing and, uh, mm-hmm. in, and potentially in a big way. And, um, you know, we, we saw, uh, you know, a few kidnappings, I forgot just off the cuff uh, a few years ago, there were some Americans that got kidnapped there, uh, by an element of a, a rival mm-hmm. cartel. Um, and that's, that that and, and it doesn't even have to be cartel violence. I mean, kidnappings for ransom. If you're an American, you know it, it doesn't matter whether you are you know the the you know two standard deviations from what we would call wealthy in America. You're still worth something, and they're gonna get something out of you, you know. And and you you have some sort of value because if you didn't, they just kill you, and that would be it. Um, that's, that's the way it works. And so, um, you know, follow on yeah. question to that because our, our border is in the state of chaos that, that it's in. And it doesn't look like to me, anybody is taking this seriously. I mean, I'm sorry, Kevin McCarthy, the speaker of the house. If anybody thinks that he's really going to now all of a sudden do a 180 and, and be Mr. Conservative, um, <clears throat> you know, he, he had, I don't know how long to do this already and hasn't so you know i'm kind of jaded on all that um so anybody out there that that disagrees you're more than welcome to but uh the border isn't going to get fixed it's it's not going to get fixed through executive fiat it's you know certainly didn't get fixed four years under under trump we heard build a wall over and over again and you know nothing happened um you know arizona i feel real bad for them out there because they were going to uh, they, they started putting in connexes and, and we're making measures and, you know, uh, Katie Hobbs getting installed out there. All that's gone, you know, 48 hours uh, into her term. All that stuff went away and it, it opened it right back up. So this isn't going to get fixed. And, and something that I said uh, a few nights ago about the the risk potential for spillover violence to happen here in the United States. Of course, uh, El Chapo was extradited to the United States and uh, is is being held in the United States. There has been some talk, uh, very likely behind closed doors, but some of it's leaked out about extradition of his son to the United States as well. And I think that that presents a clear and present danger of an escalation of that violence here in the United States and one that would be quickly exploited by the Russians first, but also the Chinese. What's your take on that? Where do you think that's headed? What do you think the plausibility of that's going to be? Well, I I would call it more an inevitability than a plausibility. It, it's, I mean, and as you you stated earlier, the, the cartel guys they're they're, they're not dummies. Um, you know, there there's some smart cookies there. It, it's always a danger to to look at our foes, our opponents, and, you know, belittle them intellectually. Um, that's just a, a bad practice to get into um, wholesale. So the, 
And, and not just that, it, you know, the cartels have shown a lot of finesse in how they conduct operations. Um, you know, I just listened to your last podcast and you guys kind of touched on that a little bit. Uh, the level of sophistication that we're starting to see um, with cartels as far as communications, you know, uh, operational planning, things like that. So they're they're behaving more like a nation state player. They're behaving more like an actual army, if you will. Um, so, yeah, since that border is largely uh, a work of fiction at this point, yeah, we're we're going to see more and more action coming across. And um, again, it's it's going to be worser and worser, faster and faster. Um, you know, and I'm I'm not trying to be the pessimist in the room. It's just, you know, I my job is to is to see the the storm coming on the horizon and uh, you know put out the alert and offer some useful mitigations uh, you know as best I can to my clientele to those that would that would listen to me um, and you know like uh, like uh, our friend concerned American says local 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 you know, as far as us fixing things, um, there's, you know, just to put it plainly, I don't, I don't think voting's even, even on the board anymore. Um, and call me crazy, maybe I'm wrong, but from where I sit, uh, voting is completely gone at this point. Um, you know, and, and the Brazilians just got a big, a big face full of that as well. Um, yep. 100%. So, you know, we really have to start reconsidering and rethinking w- what can actually impact, what can I affect um, as far as preserving my way of life, um, you know, uh, enhancing the safety of those around me, my family members, my community. Um, so instead of looking to DC, we need to kind of look in our own backyard more and more. Right. Um, you know, we, we don't have the ability to influence what happens in D.C. I mean, that needs to be put up on billboards in every corner of the United States as a reminder to everybody. I mean, and, and the real dose of freezing cold water here, <coughs> you know, dunked on the heads of everybody. Look at Marjorie Taylor Greene. Look at MTG. Somebody who, you know, despite maybe a few flaws here and there, you could tell early on, like, her heart was in the right place. She was a pit bull, a freedom fighter. And then all of a sudden, she's going to turn around. And it always seems like that that second term is where they get corrupted. And, uh, you know, she turns around. She's Kevin McCarthy's biggest cheerleader. And uh, just, it doesn't sit right. Um you know, it, it, it does not sit right at all. And when when, you know, people can get black pilled about it and, you know, kind of throw their hands up and, you know, hey, that, that's that is what it is. Uh, but if you look to where you can gain some sort of influence at the local level, whatever it is, right, show up at the school board meetings. One of the best things, uh, tactical errors that this administration made 
was labeling parents who went to school board meetings in Northern Virginia as domestic terrorists. That was a tactical error that they made uh, because they they an enemy will tell you what they fear 100 percent of the time. They fear that and they really showed their hand. And, you know, that that's where you gain influence, you know, and, and all right. So this go around the school board or the county commissioners or, you know, whatever the local power infrastructure, the manifestation of it, the legal codification of it, whatever that is. Consider running a candidate for it, you know, at the local mm-hmm. most level. Or or donate, you know, meet some of these candidates and and uh, you know whichever one seems like they're they're most tenable uh, to our point of view, being stability, being sanity, being you know normalcy, the fact that that America is a good country, that we don't kneel for the flag, we don't disrespect our nation, uh, we don't disrespect its people in it. Right. Whoever those people are, and you can tell who the like minded individuals are, because the left has been doing this for a very long time now. And this is how they got success. They started at the local level and worked their way up. They learned it by the 1970s that, you know, violent revolution wasn't going to be how they were going to subvert the United States. They, they figured that out because the violent revolutionaries all got killed. Right. It was through a bottom up approach. You know, subverting that that legal power structure at the local most level and trickling up. And that was how they did that. When conservatives coming out of the 1980s with Ronald Reagan thought that, you know, we only look at national level politics and that's all that really matters. And that's just not so, you know, so and it's a generational thing. The problem is, though, the, the other side of that coin is I don't think that we have multiple generations, multiple decades left in the United States to to make any sort of reasonable difference trickling up to the national level. We're going to have to focus locally, and that's probably about the best we're going to do. Right. And, you know, and I think we've we've had these conversations offline um, in the past where, you know, I as I see it, the most optimal outcome um, I can envision is balkanization you know essentially what you know some people would term a national divorce um because we're not one nation anymore we're really not i mean we're very very regionalized and and that's even before we get into the blue hive cities um that are completely on their own on their own wavelength um you know and and a lot of this is it's exacerbated by the fact that the left or the Marxists, um, they, at this point, they, they pretty much control all the reins of any kind of influence. Um, you know, the, the media is fully consolidated at this point. Um, the financial sector is super consolidated and pretty much entirely on the left side of the fence. You know, you look at gun manufacturers being debanked. You look at freedom of speech websites being deplatformed and debanked. Um, you know, and I could go on and on and on. Um, you know, I, I have some friends that work in uh, counter human trafficking and uh, uh, child recovery. Um, I work in kidnapping ransom a little bit. 
uh, as far as consulting. And that stuff is just growing and growing and growing in severity, and it gets really no media play at all. You know, right. you, get one, you get one guess as to why, because it's the same people that are in it, the same people that are behind those operations, you know, and people don't want to hear this, but you start talking about child trafficking uh, and human trafficking, it's those tentacles go deep into government at everywhere from local level to regional to federal. Um, you know, and it, again, this isn't something new. You, you've heard this before from other people. Um, I'm just adding to the noise. It's, but you know, you, you get enough experienced operators that are saying, Hey, this is what I'm seeing. Maybe you should, you know, take note of it. Um, so this, this is a deep, 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 deep cancer in our system. It's, I don't see any kind of a national fix for it. Um, so again, I, I kind of go back to, you know, the, the only real optimal way out would be balkanization but you know how that works um central government isn't going to just let you know let you cleave off a piece of its property right right so and that that's the thing that i tell a lot of people when when whenever that topic comes up of balkanization national divorce like i speak to this in legal terms the 10th amendment, the right to secession, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I've spoke about this, uh, you know, obviously on this podcast, I've talked about it, uh, with our, our friends over on uh, council on future conflict and the privy council with, um, you know, a, a lot of notable names, uh, that are over there. And, and we've had many discussions about this and one of the, the final conclusions and, and the things that I tell people all the time is that, the only realistic way that that will occur, because that that is a solution for sure, and we know that that it will have ramifications. And you know, you have all the lefties online that you know they they uh, it's it's funny because they got all their medical degrees the same place they got their poli sci degree, the same place they got their JD. Um, you know, because they instantly whenever a buzzword comes out, they're instantly an expert on everything. And you know, Tenth Amendment mm-hmm. constitutional issues being one of them. Uh, you know, and when you bring up secession, they always bring up, you know, the last time secession was attempted. And of course, the, the situation in America is completely different these days. And and I would argue yes. that there's a significant amount of gaslighting towards a true civil war, uh, not one between nation states, which was the, the original civil war that that, you know, states broke away. And then there was a war. There was an invasion of one country, one sovereign against another sovereign, one that had declared itself sovereign. Um, but we we will experience this again. Uh, we will see this material again, a, as it is said. And it hinges on economics, uh, the economics of the situation. And as the, the power of the U.S. dollar continues to wane, and I know uh, Peter Zeehan, uh, the, the, the State Department, expert uh whose postings whose uh high priority postings include australia uh so he's he's got some some serious bona fides under his belt and of course he's uh, always photographed with some sort of ukrainian flag paraphernalia uh on him and i just can't 
I just can't with that guy. Uh, but him, <laughs> him, I, I, I just can't do it because it's, it's one logical fantasy after another. And, you know, it's like, okay, you worked for the department of state. You're not a dummy, but at the same time, you're, you also did absolutely nothing to further American hegemony. You actually presided over the receding waters of American hegemony. So I'm not interested in your opinion. Um, but when, when he says that the dollar is going nowhere, uh, the, the dollar as a currency, you have to be specific about that. There's some caveats. The dollar as a currency, yeah, it'll be around. But as, as people are seeing right now, and it, it's quite alarming, uh, somebody sent over a clip to me a couple of days ago. I think it was Joe Dolio that did. Um, it was either – yeah, it was, it was Joe. That, that's who it was. It was Joe Dolio. He said it over to me, and it was Cardi B, who, you know, Cardi B is not somebody I would go to ordinarily for or, or someone I would reference as a paragon of financial uh, information or really any anything else. Right. But but the clip was was very important because the point that she was making in it was that the buying power of the dollar is being reduced. And she was explaining it in a very blue collar way. Right. When you go to the grocery store and you see that a head of lettuce that used to cost less than a dollar now costs three dollars. When a carton of eggs that used to cost less than a dollar now costs six dollars and they're limiting how many you can buy. And when people on Main Street are looking at their bank accounts, that inflation is hitting them hard. And that what basically what she was saying was, is that the middle class are the ones who are getting robbed the worst out of this because they don't necessarily budget their money as closely as poor people do and that the super wealthy don't necessarily need to budget their money so it doesn't really matter to them and um i think that there were some salient points there because when when the the u.s economy is experiencing the level of inflation that it is experiencing right now i don't i wouldn't necessarily call it hyperinflation but the buying power of the u.s dollar is greatly being reduced and i know that this is something that that You've talked about, you and I have talked about offline quite a bit. I would say that, that you're one of the most well-read guys that I know on all of this. And, you know, you've you've obviously worked quite a bit with cryptocurrencies, understand a lot about cryptocurrencies beyond the norm, definitely beyond the baseline. And one of the things that's kind of skimming the, 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 the B section of the news is the FTX scandal. And... All of the the uh, the money laundering that was going on there, the political affiliations that were there, which, you know, is, is no surprise. And just as the points that you, you brought up about human trafficking and how there's political connections there and, and a lot of people are beginning to see this. A lot of people in the mainstream are beginning to see this and can't deny it. This FTX scandal is very much tied in with all this. So with that said, when we, we're tying in the financials, we're tying in cryptocurrency and, and the FTX brokerage scandal, what's your take on all this? What is the effect that this is going to have on crypto? Because crypto being you know very important, obviously, in, in libertarian circles, a lot of people are dealing in cryptocurrencies versus precious metals. What's your thoughts on all this? Oh boy, where to start? Um, you know, if we just quickly look at the FTX scandal, uh, 
my big takeaway from that is, uh, you know, I kind of look at the end result and I work backwards. The end result is it is causing DC to um, bring in a lot more regulation. Um, it's causing them to, uh, you know, and, and of course in the, in the, in the back wings, a lot of people aren't noticing that the CBDC is coming online. So the central bank digital currency. Um, right. I think 100% what, what I see, right. yep. What I see happening is this is simply shaping operation. Okay. So, and here's the thing. I mean, when you look at an, at an event like the FTX scandal, it can be more than one thing, you know, you know, the, the, those that would argue, well, it was, it was money laundering. No, no, it was shaping operations for the CBDs. It can be both. You know, and I and I think that's very much in play here. Um, the left is extremely adept at money laundering operations. I, I mean, that that's like that's tied in with most of the things in the news cycle that we see right now. I mean, Ukraine right. is just a huge money laundering operation. Uh, the Clinton Foundation in Haiti, and you know, we could go on and on and on. Um, you know, and this stuff is verifiable. There, there's there's lots of documentation. You just have to get outside the normal news circuits and do your due diligence to, to kind of ferret the stuff out. Uh, but it is out there. Um, so, you know, if you look into the backgrounds of the FTX players, and who they were affiliated with, and who they were related with, um, same players. It's just always the same players. Um, so CBDC is going to come online. Um, our allies are doing the same thing. Uh, Great Britain is pushing theirs. Just so happens at the same time, China's pushing theirs. So this goes back to you know the World Economic Forum and the usual crowd there at Davos pushing their reset agenda. Um, and I don't think people, a lot of people, really rock the significance of this central bank digital currency because it's going to have complete it's going to give complete and utter control over your finances and essentially over your life to to central planning um there there will be no private exchanges at all they will have the ability to shut off your money to curtail your money to only allow you to spend money at certain places um they're going to tie you know their climate change scam into this they're going to tie a social credit score system into this. They're going to tie your internet identity into this. Um, this is this is really a high level realization of, of of the Panopticon, you know, as as they really a long time ago as they envisioned, you know, being their end game, having this extreme, unimaginable almost level of control. So that is what we see unfolding right now. Um, may sound far-fetched like i said the documentation's out there you just need to do a little digging um you know how, how does this affect what i would call normal cryptocurrencies or traditional cryptocurrencies they're not the same things you know i mean they they're based on a similar technology which is essentially just a digital ledger you know what we call the blockchain and it's the one thing that pretty much all cryptos have in common uh, but aside from that you know quote unquote normal cryptocurrencies are decentralized in nature for the most part, you know, and they all vary a little bit. 
but the, the the whole point of them even you know coming into existence in the first place was to bypass central control to bypass central planning to bypass central banking uh to put power back in your pocket okay uh, because even with the traditional banking system you know again most people don't realize banks don't do not have a legal obligation to give you back the funds that you give to them so when you deposit money into your bank technically they don't have to give it back to you okay um so CBDC is just the, the, the big step forward for them of next level control. Um, what do we do about it? You know, uh, there is a lot of people that they take the approach. Well, CBDC is a cryptocurrency. Therefore, cryptocurrency equals bad. And this is the same kind of thinking that leads to, you know, this, this thug used a gun to shoot up a school, i.e., guns are bad you know they're just tools okay tools are neither good nor bad it's what they're used for who wields them so uh, cryptocurrencies very much uh as i see it are going to be something that we need to continue to utilize it will be useful going forward if you're interested in in individual liberty especially as it uh, pertains to your finances um but you're going to have to learn more about them. You know, cryptocurrency can be a little confusing when you first get into it. Um, there's cryptocurrencies that I would encourage people to stay away from. They're basically scams. Um, just because of the nature of crypto, there's a lot of scammers out there. Um, you know, things like people keeping their funds on exchanges. Well, as we just saw with the, the recent Celsius ruling, just like what I said with the bank, when you deposit that money on that exchange, which is essentially a bank, they don't have a legal obligation to return it to you because you gave it to them. So from a technical perspective, what's happening there is the wallet that you're putting your funds in at that exchange, they hold the public private keys to, not you. Okay, You always want to hold your own private keys. This, you know, and this kind of is a throwback to, to base the basics of uh, cryptography, public private keys, uh, which is a cornerstone of how crypto functions. So you always want to keep your funds on your own wallet that you hold your keys to. Just as at like a fundamental level. And then I would encourage people explore the privacy coins. Um, it, it, this is this material is gonna come up in the future. I guarantee it. Okay, um, you know, and I, I go blue in the face reminding people, Bitcoin is not private. Bitcoin is not anonymous. I mean, it's private to a degree, but it's certainly not anonymous by virtue of there being a publicly searchable ledger. You know. Um, your name isn't right. necessarily tied to it, but the, but but it can be derived unless you take a bunch of extra steps. Um, but there there's purpose built coins that are you know quote unquote kind of libertarian in nature or very privacy focused, such as you know Monero and Fero and Beam. There's actually a whole a whole slew of them um, that all kind of have their their own little pros and cons. But uh, yeah, so. CBDCs are coming at us fast. Um, 
I would expect to see more uh, more laws being passed as far as uh, regulatory acts with regard to exchanges, uh, because at the end of the day, because of the decentralized nature of crypto, they can't turn it off. They can't stop it. You know, they, they've tried this before. Many countries have. Um, and it just makes them look impotent because they they can't. It's decentralized. There's there's no single point of failure. Um, but they can control the exchanges. And that's what they're doing. And expect to see a lot more of that this year. Expect to see all the big exchanges getting heavy, heavy pressure. Um, you start reporting on people more aggressively. You start, you know, um, it, it it's kind of like being an American and trying to open a bank account, a foreign bank account now. Nobody will deal with you because you have the IRS chained to your ankle and they don't want that baggage. They don't want to have to deal with them. And so, you know, back in the day, you could go open an account in Hong Kong or Singapore. Um, you know, nowadays, if you're an American, nope, they, they just won't deal with you. Right. So. Yeah, but yeah, I would ex- I would expect to see a lot in the crypto space happening this year. Yeah, it, it's there's going to be a lot happening with that, and you know it, that, that's one of the things that I think a, a lot of folks in, in libertarian and, and uh, freedom circles really need to pay a close eye to, just as you pointed out, because CBDC is at least in from my perspective. That's how the Fed is going to get ahead of uh, the fact that they they cannot hide the inflationary rates any longer. They've reached a logical conclusion. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I say that as as a somewhat of a layman when when it comes to economics, and you know, I freely admit that. But I have common sense, and I do have a basic <laughs> understanding of of economy, and I know that uh, you know when when a carton of eggs costs 10 times what it cost two years ago, uh, that there is a trickle up effect of that. And when, you know, we're putting all these things together, the inflation is real. And so as we move to a centralized digital currency, which is what they're moving towards your money, if anybody out there thought that your money was a fiat before, uh, it was a fiat currency, not backed by anything. You're really in for a treat now uh, because now your money is simply ones and zeros. And, yeah. and, and I mean, it, it was it was anyway uh, in, in, in many in in many ways with central banking. It, it was anyway, but at least now um, it, it is reaching its conclusion. They don't have anything left. Right. And this is going to give way to universal basic income. This is going to give way to uh, essentially the death of your freedoms as well. You are going to be held in stasis as a serf. You know, we're, we're already seeing the beginnings of this. And so class mobility will no longer be a thing. Right. And so if, you know, you're an advocate of personal freedom. As uh, Kay and I are. This is something you seriously need to get ahead of. Fortunately, fortunately, I know somebody that can help you out with uh, certain coursework and Ground Rod, the Ground Rod series. I know that um, 
you you cover all of these topics and and really a comment that you made to me in in conversation the last time that we were linked up uh during class when uh, i was out west was and, and and i absolutely love it was that in ground rod one you're basically teaching people how to not get killed you know these are all your threat vectors this is how you don't get killed and let's work up from there. And so everything from cryptocurrency to personal security, privacy, you know, your products that you have out there, uh, you know, your phone, which which I'm on right now uh, and, and I am a huge fan of. I tell everybody about it. It's this is um, if you want the best in privacy conscious phones, this is what you want. Right. And, um, you know, all, all your other products that, that you've put out, I think you're you're doing something for the community that is uh, so seriously needed. So talk us through Ground Rod One, where, um, you know, you, you taking all this knowledge, which, you know, you have volumes of operational experience. I think you are you are one of the smartest people, hands down, that I know. And you're able to share that knowledge. Talk us through where we begin, where a student coming to class would be um, at their starting point and where you're going to take them to. Well, just to kind of briefly go back to the genesis of this, of this training concept, which I know I've told you about in the past, Um, you know, I actually started doing it on a deployment. I was working in an operational capacity, um, working with some TF guys, and I had already kind of built the framework out for this, um, and I was at the time co-located with some of the vitamins, and so able to bounce and wargame some of these concepts with those guys, because uh, that's, you know, the, the, the digital side is kind of their wheelhouse, the SIG inside, and um, it just dawned on me that a lot of my peers, you know, who were, you know, high level operators, very accomplished guys were really struggling with anything on this kind of tech side and the, the prevailing, you know, attitude, I guess I would say is at the time was, well, that's for the tech guys to deal with. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm an operator. I don't want to have to deal with that. And, you know, the Heinlein in me just bristled at that. It's like, you know, no, you, you need to be full spectrum. You need to have at least a workable knowledge of this to be a good, well-rounded operator. And there's no reason you can't. I mean, if I can figure this out, you can. Okay. So I actually started teaching to my peers. Um, I had a class of, uh, uh, CAG guys and, um, really good guys. And one of them, their senior guy, he pointed out, he's like, hey, would you, you should teach this back home. I mean, people need to know this stuff. And, uh, you know, like a big dummy, I was like, oh, gee, I never thought of that. So I kind of fleshed out the course a little bit, and, and that was kind of the origin of this concept. Um, and it was kind of my take on, you know, and I hate to kind of frame it this way, but how to build an operator from the ground up um, with more of a starting focus on these, I guess I would say more cerebral skill sets 
uh, and less, you know, shooting on the gun range. That's important. I'm not saying it's not, but right. this, that, you know, or I guess you could say that the non-sexy stuff, you know, um, there's, there's really no tactical stuff that goes along with this. It's, it's laborious and there's a lot of head scratching. Um, but I, I really tried to design it so that it, it literally can be applied to the guy off the street that not a computer guy, not a tech guy, literally a dude off the street has basic skills like how to turn on his phone and use it, how to turn on his computer and surf to a website, then you're qualified to take this course. I mean, that's kind of our start point. Um, and it's, it's ground rod one is purely defensive in nature. You know, I'm not teaching anybody to hack anything. Um, this, this is, you know, stuff that you should know. This is stuff your grandma should know. Your kids should know. Um, because there's, there's a lot of threats out there and, you know, whether it's, in you know ever snooping government whether it's uh, a foreign government whether it's cartel whether it's criminals on the street or hackers you know sitting in bulgaria uh, whatever the threat is because there's a lot of them um, this will help mitigate it and because it's tech you know there's no guarantees in tech and people always want guarantees they want the easy button and I really try to get that through to people that there's no such thing. There's no guarantee that something is going to be absolutely secure. The best right. you can do right. is not make yourself an easy target. Um, and, and that, that goes a long way. I mean, it's, it's the same thing as, you know, us being soldiers, combat veterans, you know, there was never, ever any guarantee when we stepped outside the wire, there was nothing we could do to guarantee our safe return. There really wasn't. Oh. No. But but we did take extra steps to try to mitigate the risks. We wore body armor. We made sure our weapons were clean and functional. We made sure we knew how to use them really well. We made sure that our teammates were trained up to our level or better. You know, there's all these all this minutia involved in that to try to basically keep you alive or to make you more effective at whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. So it's it's the same thing here. Um, so, you know, we, we, we cover a pretty wide spectrum of stuff in ground rod one from just getting a basic understanding of what is this thing called the internet and how does it work? You know, how, how is it structured? Um, you know, just kind of at a layman's level, go through what, what do these numbers mean that you see pop up you know, or, you know, how do you, how do you access your router and what is your router really doing? How do you curtail some of the threats in your web browser? What stuff should I be using? What stuff should I not be using? And, that, and that's a big, big part of it um, because there's a, a lot of software out there. The bulk of the software out there is exploiting you in some form or fashion because it's, it's commerce, you know, and they have all these creative ways to exploit your data because data is essentially a form of currency these days, a very valuable form of currency. Um, so a lot of it is just plugging holes. You know, and we, we talk about 
things like the dark web. Well, what is the dark web? What is Tor? Do I need to use it? Should I use it? Is it dangerous? Uh, what's a VPN? Does it make me anonymous? Does it not? You know, which ones are good? Which ones aren't? Um, and then trying to get you the skills so you can you can actually do your own due diligence and figure out you know if something is good or something is not good um, without having to come to me or go to anybody else and try to get their opinion on the matter. Um, you know, I always laugh because there's all these uh, websites out there where they, they rate, they quote unquote, rate VPNs. 99% of them are being paid by certain VPN providers. So you, you're not getting an honest evaluation of anything. You're, you're getting pushing. <laughs> it's just like Motor uh, Trend. You know, the yeah. Motor Trends truck of the year. Like, how much money did they pay you? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it just, it, it's, yeah. It, and it's, it, it's the same. Any industry is the same. It's like saying, you know, which analog radio is the best one? They're, they're all the same. You know, which digital radio is the best one? I don't know. It depends on the protocol. What, what, what do you, they, it's, it's a blanket statement that is meant to get in your pocket and nothing more, nothing less. Right. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, this, this stuff is just about, you know, uh, there's so much, especially in the tech space, there's so, there's so many things that are really quite dangerous to you. Um, And, you know, most people just aren't even aware of it. So I'm trying to bring awareness to the dangers. And then talk about the mitigations. Understand that there's no complete mitigation of some of these things. You know, you can be using the most secure phone on the market. Um, it's still a phone, and it's more about the network attached to that phone than the phone itself, as far as threats go. Um, you know, there's there's a lot we can do with the handset to mitigate. Um, you know, the snooping, the eavesdropping, the the, the telematic or the the telematics, the uh, telemetry data. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still pinging that tower every three to five seconds with, you know, a hello, my name is MZ, IMEI. Um, you know, like our our uh, our suspect in the Idaho slang is finding out. Right. Know, he drove around with his phone on. <clears throat> right. So, you know, and I will say this, I haven't really talked about that case much and I'm not going to, um, mainly because the, the whole, the whole culture of copycat activities, you know, the, mm-hmm. the something that you brought up in the uh, beginning of the podcast with the power outages and which was 100%, 100% that was leftist communist activity. Right. That was something that they they ripped right out of a Carver matrix, right out of sweat. Yeah. MC. <laughs> yeah. They that was exactly the and that was what that was. And uh, that uh, uh, I'm not going to mention the name. I, I I could go further. I'm not going to mention the name. I'm not even going to give them. I'm not even going to give them the rub. Uh, mm. But there there is a certain leftist out there that is a quote unquote activist for certain interests who had first hand photos 
of exactly where the point of entry was into that substation and exactly where the damage was on it, where, where it was inflicted. How did that person get that unique access? How did they get that? Because somebody handed it to them. That's how they got it. You know, so it, and, and this person has spoke before Congress. This person calls themselves a quote unquote expert on right wing extremism. Uh, so, yeah, you tell me. Um, and, and this person is a, is certainly uh, a, a an apologist for communist activity here in the United States, especially for Antifa. Uh, so how did they get those photos? You know, th- right. this that's your person of interest. And so. Uh, but that spurred follow on activities that spurred copycat activities. Um, they, they, you know, it, and, and I think that it would be kind of foolish to say that, that it didn't. And that was why I didn't really speak directly on it. Uh, I wrote a piece right after it happened and, and kind of, um, because there, there was a lot of chatter on the conservative side of the house about the curfew that was instated in Moore County, um, why that was put in and, and, you know, I get the sentiment, uh, but they, they were very ignorant to the realities of life in Moore County, which is very much a dichotomy of haves and have nots. And Mm -hmm. there, there is a very real reason why a curfew was instated in the wake of a power outage, because that's, it's pretty much the purge at that point was going to happen. So you have to maintain some level of control, right? But, you know, with, with this, this Idaho, uh, you know, Ted Bundy wannabe, um, I didn't, I, I haven't really spoke much about him and I'm not going to, because, you know, some of the information folks can, can dig it up and they can put the pieces together. You've talked about it extensively. I've talked about it extensively. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to give any would-bees out there any ideas, um, but not not at this point in time when, when things are, are kind of hot and heavy. But it, it's a very real thing. You know, that is a very real thing. Geofencing is a very real thing. Even if you're not a person of interest for anything, uh, your patterns of life, just as you said, the the metadata is exploitable, you know, and as uh, the one thing that I will credit James Clapper with with doing is him and his statement that we kill people based on metadata, that he testified before Congress that we kill people based on metadata. He was 100 percent correct. And he ripped that mm-hmm. veil back. That was something that I know as something that, you know, you know, because that's what we did. We were the weaponized end of that. We were the spear, right? And when, you know, we're, we're advocating that to people who are concerned about the direction that things are going, the ever more draconian nature of, of the world, and not even in governance, but just the fact that maybe, you know, I don't want the all-seeing eye of Sauron who is going to criminalize our activities, they are seeking to criminalize our activities, right? One way or another, they they yeah. have an a, a an intent on doing that, and and there are people on the left that are gaining control in government, and they're going to outlaw. They they've already outlawed our ability to lawfully protest. They've already outlawed our ability to in, in many places to conduct training. You know, th- there's look at California. No trainer really wants to go to California. I get a lot of emails of people out there. I'm like, nah, I'm not, you know, 
I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, it, it sucks, but I'll meet you in Wyoming. You know, I'll, I'll meet you. I'll meet you at any of the other places that are not California. Um, but it's just, it's not happening. Um, not, and, and it sucks. I hate it because there's a lot of great folks in California, but, and, and mm-hmm. that's the same is true for, for, but they, they're outlawing that they're outlawing the things that we do and they're going to continue to do so and, and become more and more draconian about it. And so, right. you know, that's why the stuff is so critically doggone important. And that's why people need to take this stuff seriously and ground rod one, I think is, is a must have course, um, you know, and everybody, everybody that I have talked to that has taken ground rod one and ground rod two can't say enough good things about it. Like the, especially your talent as an instructor, your professionalism as an instructor, um, and in, uh, the amount of time that I've spent with you, you know, I'm telling you folks, if you want to have an experience like none other, and you want to learn the best information possible out there on this given topic, your class and and the way that you've put it together, it's that's it. That is it. You know, and, and we're going to have it here, here in North Carolina. And, and, you know, you've got a lot of core states out West as well. Um, what is coming up on your calendar? Um, so I've got a ground rod level one uh, coming up in Hamilton, Montana this month. Uh, 21st, 22nd. Um we were supposed to have a patrolling and advanced gunfighting course in Texas uh, in February. That's probably going to get pushed back and get replaced with ground rod as well in West Texas. Um, and then ground rod one and two at your place, of course, in March. Uh, ground rod three in North Idaho uh, in mid-April. Um, and I'm still I'm putting together the summer right now so <clears throat> it's kind of kind of in a state of flux um so yeah about about uh so far every month we've got something going on um i actually had a couple of my clients ping me today in fact and uh, asking about your courses so we might have to try to get you back out west here too long Hey man, anytime I can get out there, any time yeah. that I can get out there, you know, you know, I'm coming. I'm going to be in Wyoming in June, which I am. Okay. I am. I am looking forward to uh, getting out, you know, central Wyoming. Absolutely gorgeous out there. It'll probably be snowing in June. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know, it's just seeing uh, Teton. You know, coming into to Jackson, C and Teton, and just oh man, you want to talk about just absolutely beautiful, you know, and, and just oh man, I Wyoming though, talking to my boys out in Wyoming right now, it's it's kind of brutal. It's kind of brutal living, you know, and and I say that yeah. as we're getting currently getting freezing rain and sleet here, you know, but it that's 
it, it, that ain't got nothing compared to what they've been getting hammered with. Um, oh, you know, it's, it's, it, <laughs> Wyoming, Wyoming's rugged living, man. It is rugged living, but I love it out there. I absolutely do. Yeah. The, tell you what, the weather has just been bizarre lately. I, I'm sure it has nothing to do with geoengineering or anything, but you know, no, but, uh, no. Uh, I mean, you yeah, know, when, when Klaus Schwab says that, that, I mean, it would, you know, he, uh, the head of Spectre, you know, I'm just waiting for, for Klaus Schwab to, to get a white cat and start walking around yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he, he, he really needs to do that to complete the look. Like somebody needs to pull Klaus Schwab aside and be like, you know, you really, you really are like a real life Ernst Stavro Blofeld. And you, you, you really need to, to just have this white cat and, and walk around with it, you know, <laughs> but, you know, it's something I've noticed with the, you know, the high level left is the, the Luciferian crowd. They, they're really into, uh, broadcasting their, their strange behavior. You know, it's like Klaus Schwab wearing his, you know, Klingon attire or whatever you want to call it. I, it's like who dresses like that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and they they're <clears throat> they live in a a different universe than the rest of us, and that is a that's a man. We could do we could do a, a ode to William Cooper uh, with, with yeah that. yeah you know it it but our, our ideological forebear there he it's uh, I mean he he ripped back the curtain on a lot of that. And, uh, they live, it, it, that's a difficult thing for us at, at the street level, at the, you know, mostly blue collar level or mid level white collar level. It's, it's very difficult for us to wrap our minds around the fact that they live in a different world than we do a very different world than we do and in, in different, different rules, different, um, different, you know, sets of morality if you will. And and when you look at the number of politicians globally that are hooked up with the World Economic Forum, you know, you begin to, to realize very quickly that, that this is the one world government. You know, th- this mm-hmm. is what they have done. And that is the Leviathan. And we we have a moral obligation as Christians to stand against that. You know, we yep. we're we're specifically commanded to stand against that. And the, yep. every one of these measures, you know, the the uh, the manipulation of financial markets, the coming regulation of cryptocurrencies, uh, the the um, the central bank digital currencies. This is all an attempt to weaponize every one of our freedoms against us and to take them away. You know, electric cars, electric cars are, are a big part of that. Um, and and will become a big part of that and you know geofencing and limiting where we can go you know and and it was interesting uh on on american partisan last night a piece went up about the new dodge ram electric vehicle because you know chrysler fiat uh you know whatever they're calling themselves this week are, are making no bones about it that they're gonna go to eventually building nothing but electric vehicles and all of the features that are built into that truck 
the irony of that is, and the reason that that piece went up was kind of a recon by fire to point out, hey, these are all things that are going to be weaponized against you. They're just getting ahead of the storm, but all the car manufacturers are going to do this. They're all headed in that direction. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, and it they they could take a concept like you know, an electric car, which I don't have an issue with the concept of it, but when you get into the actual reality of it, it's not viable. And it's, in fact, uh, counterproductive with what they claim is their, their overreaching agenda, which is you know, protecting the earth. Uh, you know, conservatism of some kind, and it's not. It's it, it's more damaging, but but it does serve the the stated goal of WEF, one of the stated goals, which is taking away the ability of individual transport. They want people on. Uh, they want people beholding basically to the government to be able to get from point A to point B, and it's just another layer of control, you know, and it's it's taking away more independence. Everything they do, it's, it's it's about taking away more independence. Exactly right. Exactly right. And I think that would be, man, that would make a, a killer follow-up podcast, man. We, we, but it's like hitting a bullet with a bullet, brother. <laughs> How fast time flies looking up at the clock. Crazy. It is crazy. But, brother, it is always good to have you on on here it's always great to get your perspectives on everything okay god bless you combatstudiesgroup.blogspot.com if you are not checking that out checking out that training calendar you are wrong get to class get some training brother thank you for being with us thank you god bless man all right folks Get that training again, combatstudiesgroup.blogspot.com. You can also check out the Brushbeater training calendar, brushbeater.org slash training calendar and americanpartisan.org. And if you haven't done so already, pick up your copy of the Gorilla's Guide to the Baofeng Radio, an Amazon number one bestseller in radio communications and radio operations. Folks, thank you. God bless. And we'll be talking to you again very, very soon. Zensi Scout, out.